Hey, Misfits. Welcome back to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. We are your weekly podcast for all things weird and wacky from Bigfoot and aliens to psychology and history and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy and Steve. So Steve, how are we doing? I'm doing decently. How about yourself? Good. I got real sunburned yesterday at the I park. can see that. I don't know if you, yeah, you can definitely see. Your face is really red too. Yeah. So that's been painful mm-hmm. and I'm just like hot all the time. It is really warm. You got to invest in an AC unit as a tax write-off. You can't be podcasting in these conditions. I know. It's only going to get hotter. I mean, it's only May right now and New York City's only going to get hotter. So. Oh. I didn't talk to you about this in the pregame show. You ready for this? Yeah. Bass fishing season in Vermont starts June 5th. We got to go. We're going to go to Vermont and go fishing. I'm in. I'd say we can make a content and write it off, but like you can afford a $10 fishing license. (laughs) (laughs) No, I can't. I don't have any fishing gear with me. I have so many rods. Okay, good. We'll just talk super fondly about it, and then we're not going to take any footage, and we'll make all our viewers so jealous. We're like, hey, sucks to suck. All right, so what have you been up to? What have I been up to? So today, I've I've been spending all weekend at the park. I played a lot of – have you ever played Rummy Cube? Yeah, I don't like that game. I played it today for the first time. It was all right, but I'm not really into like math games. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a little, a little mathy. Yeah, or like number games. Oh no, I, I actually know. I wait, I fucking hate Rummy Cube. Sorry, I was thinking of something else. Wait, let me double check. Which one am I thinking of? I think I actually fucking hate Rummy. No, let's see. What is it? Oh yeah, no, I I, I really don't like Rummy Cube. My parents like it a lot, but you know what's even worse? Anything that has to do with spelling. Scrabble is not my least favorite game. I dislike Scrabble, but I fucking hate Bananagrams. Oh, I love Bananagrams. Bananagrams is that is just that is just garbage. I hate that with a passion. What's your favorite board game? Board game? Oh, actually, so recently my brother brought this one called Ticket to Ride. And it's like a train game. You have to build tracks. It's really fun, actually. See, I do not like Ticket to Ride. Really? I think it's confusing and hard and not that fun. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that you could have such an incorrect opinion. What do you even like about it? Well, I mean, I'm good at it and it's fun and you collect cards and the strategy because you can block people. You can uh, figure out the best route because you want to get the maximized points and minimize the amount of penalty you take. I don't know. I think it's fun. I guess I'm just not super into strategy games. I like Risk a lot, but Risk takes for I actually despise Monopoly though. Monopoly is my least favorite. Oh, I like Monopoly. My brother always wins and I always get really fucking angry. Have you ever played Balderdash? I don't know. I, I know the name Balderdash. It's basically like there's some kind of... I recognize this box. So I've definitely played it. Yeah. There's like some kind of word and then everyone has to write down like a fake... It could be like a funny definition of the word. And then the judge yeah, this, guess who. This is like the dictionary game. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I like the kind of creative games where you have to come up with something like funny or. The one game I don't like it anymore. Cards Against Humanity. Now it's just not funny because once you play it like 10 times in your life, you know every card. Yeah. <laughs> well, and even they have the expansion packs, but. The expansion packs aren't that big. Speaking of which, I have a really funny photo to show you. So have you ever played What Do You Meme? Yes. 
my dad is alarmingly good at it and he doesn't know what a meme is. So my nephew took his school photo. He's four years old. And I swear to God, this could be on what do you mean? Oh my God. <laughs> that hair. Oh my God. So guys, what we're looking at right now is my nephew. His hair he has is bangs. His hair looks like he's hiding secrets in it. It's so huge. It's not even a bowl cut. Like, I don't even know what that is. And then his face, he's clearly been crying. He hates taking pictures. They could not get him to smile. And he's just got this massive hair. I don't know what happened. That's hysterical. Like, I feel like you could definitely make a meme out of this. Oh, definitely. Anyways. Yeah, I didn't really do much this weekend. Uh, nothing to talk about. I just watch a lot of sports. Um, let's see. So... Why do I have like notes from like a month ago on my open up still? That's ridiculous. That's confusing. I don't know. All right. Spooky. So what are you, what are you talking? No, that's called laziness, not spookiness. <laughs> so what are you talking about today, Emmy? So I am talking about hollow earth, which I touched on a little bit. I guess it was last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, you're right. Last week was the dinosaurs. Yes. Yes. Two weeks ago when I did the missing people in national parks, I touched on hollow earth, but thought it would be good to do a full deep dive into it. And there's a lot of exciting stuff. Right. So I did werewolves and let me tell you what, werewolves is a horrendous topic because do you know how long people have been writing about werewolves? A long time. Since pretty much the beginning of human civilization. So, <laughs> you know, when I thought vampires were a broad topic, uh, imagine that, but with like a hundred thousand, like twenty thousand more years of content. Oh my god! Did you find anything exciting about how to turn into a werewolf? Uh, some okay ones. This is gonna be all over the place. Just so you guys know, I tried my best, but there was just too much stuff on werewolves, and it's a huge topic to tackle. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a little bit more straightforward, like vampires were. Turning into a werewolf is not nearly as funny as turning into a vampire, like talking to yourself or sitting. There's a lot of stuff where you just get fucked because you're born on the wrong day. Oh, that's tough. Stuff like that. Oh, also, we forgot to announce it last time because we had approval late, but we have a new sponsor, Tail Tracks, and we'll be having a Tail Tracks sponsor segment of the week this week as well. Get ready for that. So I guess we'll get into some announcements before we start. So the one big update on our end is... We now actually have a Google Voice voicemail. So we're going to be accepting your phone calls. You can just dial in. I don't know what the deal is. If you're um, in another country, there might be a service charge. I don't know. We have a random number generated for us. I'll give it to you. Leave a voicemail. We're going to probably make some content around this. When you listen, we'll probably tell you something specific if we're looking for specific things. But generally... If you have any cryptid sighting stories, alien or UFO sightings, ghost stories, honestly, something funny or nice, or just want to say something, just give us a call. We might make it into an episode. And to incentivize you, if you're another podcast or you're working on something, you can also plug whatever you're working on in the voicemail. So if we select it for an episode, you'll get that plug there too. So call the number 914-627-8582. And that's how you can leave us a voicemail. That'll be fun. Yeah. Hear some listener stories. Exactly. Number again is 914-627-8582. It should be free to call. It's a toll-free number. 
like I said, any of our listeners outside of the U.S. might cost you money. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. So call in at your own uh, discretion or maybe actually or maybe make your own Google Voice account and call in. And that way you're not paying money. There you go. Or WhatsApp. Actually, no, there's no excuse. If you're in another country, you can call us. Just don't use your landline or your cell phone. Also, do not forget to stand. Not that. Also, don't, don't forget not to forget. Do do not forget. Do not forget. <laughs> um, also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on whatever platform you're listening on. It helps us. It also makes sure you never miss an episode. It helps us a lot. And leave a nice five-star review. We might just read it out if we remember to or the episode's not running too long. Oh, also back on to the phone line thing I forgot to say. Send us hypothetical questions. Those are fun. Yeah, we love those. And stories. If you have a funny or fun story, just send it our way. And hypotheticals, send it our way. Just give us a call. If you be drunk, sober, just don't say anything like fucked up and we'll include it. Yeah. So now we're going to get into the Tail Tracks Tale of the Week. And now we're back for our Tail Tracks Tale of the Week. This week, we're reading some of your funniest pet stories that you submitted on Twitter we're going to do this again at some point. So make sure to follow us on twitter.com where podcast underscore misfits and look out for whenever we tweet this out and you can submit your stories or a chance to be featured on our show. Yeah. Any so, uh, funny pet stories yeah. welcome. The first one was submitted by at Chicago Tony on twitter.com. And he said, My dog Dolly has awakened me in the middle of the night twice in the past month by the sheer deadly odors of her farts. (laughs) Trust me, I get that. Casey's a stinky boy now. He's old. He's very, very cleanly, but he's old. So (laughs) the stench comes. The next one comes from at open mic dis. It's funny now, but when it happened, I was terrified. I rescued a lab slash char pay puppy. She had eaten slash swallowed a six foot rope when she was about six weeks old. Well, she passed it, except the second knot wouldn't pass. So barbecue tongs were our best object to pull the rest of the rope out. Oh boy. Has your dog Emmy ever eaten anything it wasn't supposed to? My dog actually loves to go into the shower She'll lick the soap bars. Oh, no. She also likes to eat plastic. So there was one time she went in, my razor was on the shower, and it smelled good. So she was eating the plastic part of it and ended up chewing on some of the blades. We took her to the vet and everything was fine, but that is not what you want your dog to eat. No, that is definitely not what you want your dog doing. Yeah. Case is a very smart dog. He doesn't eat things that aren't food. I don't know what the people did before him to scare that out of him, but he does not eat things that are not food. We used to give him these plastic bones to chew on. He would chew them a little bit. They just weren't his cup of tea. This past year, so Casey's almost 14 now. This was after he turned 13. We were in Vermont and he was swimming and he caught a frog and he swallowed the entire thing whole. No. And- I literally called my mom I'm like, hey, Casey just swallowed a frog whole. And I was like laughing because like the idea of it is it's kind of funny. <laughs> like Casey's so excited. He scoops up a frog from the water and goes like that, like lifts his neck up and then swallows a thing whole. Doesn't matter anything. So we're panicking. We call the vet and the vet's like, 
hey, was it a toad? I'm like, no, it was a green frog. It's like, okay. Like, monitor him for like 24 hours, but he's probably fine. We're panicking for a day because he's old. We don't want anything dangerous happening. It? it just went right down. It went, it was like a little guy. It's like this big. It was, just, it was a baby. Oh my God. And God. in the moment, it was so scary. But the next day, <laughs> the funniest thing. Oh my God. That's one of those situations where it's so scary in the moment, but afterwards it's just <laughs> so funny. The next submission on twitter.com is from Beard Al Podcast. And they simply wrote, boy dog on couch next to me. Girl dog wants to be on couch with me. Girl dog runs the door, barks at nothing. Boy dog runs the door to investigate. Girl dog jumps on couch next to me. Boy dog is bamboozled. This happens often. <laughs> <laughs> And she included photos of her two dogs. Those are some handsome dogs, by the way. What do they she's, look like? There's a Doberman and a German Shepherd. Oh, wow. They're big dogs. So two weeks ago, I was babysitting my brother's puppy. He's a little over one years old now. He's not a big fan of the couch. So <laughs> we're on the couch together. This is the last day I was there. So we're on the couch and I'm trying to do work. So I have my laptop open. He's on there with me. This dog has been on the couch for maybe a week. This is all new to him. And he wants my attention because he's bored. So he plops his face on my keyboard, which just like messes up what I'm typing. And then he starts rolling around like he wants a belly rub. And he's rolling so violently that he launched himself off of the couch. The look of shock on his face is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was laughing for like five straight minutes. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's so funny. Do you have any funny dog stories? So when I was a kid, this is when I was like 11 years old. I hadn't spent a lot of time around big dogs. And we were at my family friend's house and they had a golden retriever. And all I remember about this golden retriever is that I was holding a bagel out in their yard, a plain buttered bagel. And it came up and literally, as I'm putting it in my mouth, just snatched it out of my hand <laughs> and ate it. And then from that point on, probably all through my teens, I couldn't get myself to like golden retrievers because I was just thinking of this one dog that stole my bagel. That's so funny. So actually, I have a story that I saw recently. I think this is on dog it was doing stuff. There is this story of this dog that it was one of those sheep dogs. I believe it was like an Aussie doodle. It got out of its house somehow and it gathered up a bunch of random sheep that were in the hills of Ireland and brought them into its owner's house. It just stole a bunch of random people's sheep and <laughs> brought them home. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was going to be a good dog probably. Yeah, it just retrieved a bunch of random people's sheep. <laughs> <sighs> It wasn't like it found a herd. It just found a bunch of random sheep around a bunch uh, of random sheep around Ireland. It made them a herd. Yeah, exactly. So this one is from S Quotes Comedy. And they said, I watched my dog chase his tail for 10 minutes and then thought, wow, dogs are so easily entertained. And then I realized I had just watched my dog chase his tail for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. I could totally see that happening, though. I totally do that with my dog. I know. <laughs> this one is from Moog Viviav, and she says, This guy got on the bus and just stared at me and Lullabelle, which I'm guessing is the name of her dog, on my lap for a solid 30 seconds, and then goes, Are you allowed to have dogs on this bus? 
and I just shrugged thinking he was going to give me some sass or something out of nowhere. But then he pulls a chihuahua out of his bag. <laughs> asking if, if you were allowed to have dogs on the bus just so he could pull his chihuahua out. That's really funny. Did I ever tell you about the bomb sniffing dog on the subway? I don't think so. This was back when I was a city dweller and pre-COVID times. I was on the subway and there was this bomb sniffing dog. And I like just bought a sandwich and I was on my way back to work. And this bomb sniffing dog, it clearly smelled my sandwich. And it decided that it was just going to stare at me and make a commotion to try and make me give it a sandwich. And I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my God, are they like arrest me because I have a sandwich that his dog wants? The handler's like, stop, stop. I see figures like, okay, this guy clearly has a sandwich bag. This dog is clearly just wants to eat the food. I was very, very stressed out. That sounds very stressful. Yes, it was. That sounds like my bagel situation. Yes, pretty similar, only... I had jail consequences because this dog wanted my freaking sandwich. (laughs) Okay, I have two more. So this is a guy having a conversation with his wife. So the wife says no. And he says, it's a good name. And the wife says, Keith, we're not calling the dog Sarah Jessica Barker. Keep thinking. (laughs) (laughs) And then he says, what about Woofy Goldberg? That's pretty good. If you have a name like that, you're not going to call your dog Sarah Jessica Barker all the time. You're going to have to call her Jessica. That last tweet came from at Keat Potato. That's pretty funny. This tweet comes from Monica Heise. And she says, my dad has been telling me for years about various friendly encounters with Mike, another resident of his apartment building he really likes. And I found out yesterday that Mike is a dog. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense to be having friendly encounters with Mike, the dog, as opposed to Mike, the human. So in my apartment building during COVID, so many of my neighbors have gotten dogs, which I think a lot of people have gotten dogs during this time. There's just so many more dogs in my life now on a random passerby basis. And it makes me so happy. That's awesome. Yeah. This Tail Tracks Tale of the Week has been sponsored by Tail Tracks. Tail Tracks is an app that puts your pet's world in your pocket. It's a user-friendly app that lets pet parents easily access everything they need to support their pet's health and well-being anytime, anywhere. It's only $4.99 a month. That's nothing, guys. That's 16 cents a day. And you can store and export your pet's medical records, loop in caregivers on your pet's healthcare needs, and access a 24-7 helpline. So much more. And it's available for download on your phone's app store. And you can learn more at tailtracks.com. That's T-A-I-L-T-R-A-X.com. It's a really cool app. So you guys should check it out. All right, and back to our regular programming. We're back, and we're talking werewolves. I mean, I don't really know where to start with this. I'll let you choose, but interestingly enough, there's a ton of folklore about werewolves, but outside of movies, no one really paid attention to the process of transforming into a werewolf. So the only thing you really find is like a full moon. There's triggers. Apparently, if you're a werewolf and you're particularly like hyper, you can turn into one. Interesting. We have a few categories here. You let me know where you want to start. We got some folklore, some origins, how to become a werewolf, and how to kill a werewolf. What do you want to start with? I feel like we got to start with the origins, right? Like, Yeah, I, I think so. So there's 
a very long storied tradition of werewolves, right? That dates back a hundred, I mean, th- I don't actually, I don't even know how, probably like 10,000 years, let's say. Okay. More than that. Who knows? So the first potential reference of a werewolf ever dates all the way back to, I believe, Mesopotamia. I don't know exactly when. I, I should have looked up the date. I regret not doing that. But it was in the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is very famous. One of the first like Western-y writings. Okay. Uh, very old. Basically, the reference is that he basically decided not to go with a potential lover because she had previously turned her former husband into a wolf. Okay. That's the first potential reference to a werewolf. And then the next chronologically comes in the Greek myth of Lakona, Lakion, Lakion. I don't know how to say it. L-Y-C-A-O-N. Lakon. 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 Oh, using my American accent. Yeah. So Lakin was the son of Pelasgas, Pelasgus, and he made Zeus. I don't know why they told me information. They didn't tell me who Pelagus was, whatever. And he pissed Zeus off when he served him a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. So Zeus was like, no, fuck that, dude. And he turned Lakon and his sons into wolves. The so next- these are people being turned into like full ass wolves, not like a human wolf hybrid. Right? Yeah. So a lot of the early stories, I didn't write them all down because there's probably there's hundreds that I saw. So there's probably thousands of them or tens of thousands, right? A lot of the old stories are are gods or magic related. And then the next one is the Nordic saga of Volsung. And in that saga, a father and his son discover magical wolf pelts that give them the powers to turn humans into wolves for 10 days. And they go on a killing spree throughout the woods, just murdering people left and right. And how it ends is the dad accidentally lethally wounds his son, but a raven gives him a healing feather and he heals his son and they stop fucking shit up. Interesting. That, that feels very like werewolf skin to me. Yeah, exactly. And you have your classic werewolf, like you get bitten and stuff. So then let's get into some folklore. Um, I didn't write a ton about this. I mean, I, I should have called this folklore, but basically this will get us into how to become a werewolf, right? Yeah. So there are two types of werewolves out there. There's voluntary werewolves and involuntary werewolves. Okay. So voluntary werewolves are humans who transform into werewolves because they're assholes who made a deal with the devil and want to like just kill people and cause trouble. And then involuntary werewolves are humans who were accidentally turned into werewolves by those assholes or one of the very unfortunate ways that I'm about to tell you how to become a werewolf. Okay. And like when I covered vampires like earlier this month or last month, whatever the hell that was, that was a good episode. I like talking about Ludwig. As with that, you forget how stupid people on the internet are. And when you search how to become a werewolf, the results you get are not folklore. Like Quora and stuff, there are people saying stuff like, how do I make sure I don't turn into a werewolf? Oh, they're looking for ways to not turn into a werewolf? Yeah, or how to turn into a werewolf in real life. These had to be children Googling this, right? These can't be adults. I hope so. I hope so. Otherwise, people are really, really, really unintelligent. Well, I mean, there are voluntary werewolves, I guess. So. Yeah, that is true. You sell but, your soul to the devil. So... First one is werewolf genes. So if your parents are both werewolves, then you're going to be born a werewolf. That makes sense. Simple genetics. Yeah, makes sense. 
And then if you're born on the wrong day, you will turn to a werewolf. Do we but, know what days? Yes. Unlike the vampires, we know what days are bad days that turn into werewolves. Okay. So in Italy, if you're born during the winter solstice, which is December 20th through the 21st, you're probably going to be born a werewolf. That seems like a long time. That's two days. Oh, but still, I mean, like, there's a lot of people born in that window. Do you know anyone born on the 20th or 21st? Yes. Uh-oh. Who is it? My niece. <laughs> um, have you ever been around her during a full moon? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. That's interesting. Doesn't your uh, sister and brother-in-law, don't they not let her have candy? Because, you know, getting hyper turns into a werewolf. Maybe that's why. Maybe... That's Maybe. the secrets that my nephew is hiding in his hair. <laughs> Maybe. Werewolf skin. And then in other European countries, if you're born on Christmas Eve, you're destined to become a werewolf because it's punishment for competing with Jesus for attention. <laughs> As if you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it today. So yeah. I'm going to come out of the womb today just to Jesus over. Yeah, that's so unfair. It's your mother's fault and your father's fault. They could have waited a day, could have done it a day earlier, but no. They just screwed you, now you're a werewolf for life. And in Romania, because you know those puritanical Romanians, mm -hmm. if your parents had sex on Christmas Eve, then you're fucked. You're going to be a werewolf. All right. Well, I mean, your parents can avoid that. Yeah, your parents can avoid these things. I mean, you get really unlucky. Like, your parents should time it out. They know that baby takes nine months to be born. They should like map it out. Like, hey, maybe we shouldn't try for a baby this month. Maybe we can wait a month. So we don't have a fucking yeah. baby. Yeah. And so in ancient Greece, it was believed that a person would be transformed into a werewolf if they ate the meat of a wolf that mixed with the meat of a human. Ew. What I want to know is like, was that something that people did in ancient Greece? And is that something that you can just, like, accidentally do? No. I mean, obviously, I don't know what, like, markets were like back then. I feel like getting wolf meat now is really difficult. I can't imagine I could also get human meat and eat them together. Yeah, not only do you have to get wolf meat and human meat, but eat them together by accident. You have to eat both of them by accident together for this to happen. That seems, like, pretty easy to avoid. Yeah. So then there's sleeping outdoors under a full moon on a Friday night. You're going to become a werewolf. Why does it have to be on a Friday night? It's a full moon on a Friday night. If you sleep outdoors, you're going to turn to a werewolf. Like humans came up with a seven day calendar. Why would that turn you into a werewolf? You know what I mean? Uh, getting bitten or scratched by a werewolf. That's the only one I knew about. It made sense. Yeah. Uh, if you wear a wolf's skin pelt or a wolf's, you will turn into a werewolf. Just like werewolf skin, werewolf which we watched. Skin. I had no idea that that was like an actual thing. I thought that Goosebumps just made that up. Yeah, I mean, I did too. If you eat an unborn fetus, you become a werewolf. Easy to avoid. And then this one, I'm confused about. So the seventh child is going to be a werewolf. My problem with this is, when we did vampires, the seventh child was going to be a vampire. How the hell do we have the same thing, guys? Come on. Vampires came later. You had to choose a different day. So they're going to be both a werewolf and a vampire. Is it a werewolf or a vampire, a werewolf and a vampire, or is this all just arbitrary and made up? I thought seven was supposed to be like a lucky number. I mean, it'd be pretty cool to be a werewolf. 
Not all werewolves are bad werewolves. I don't think it would be cool to be a werewolf. Remember Velocipaster? That is true. You've never seen it, but the movie Wolf Cop is about an alcoholic cop who gets bit by a werewolf and is a werewolf who fights crime. Sounds pretty dope. This is a sweet movie. So you can be like the wolf cop. So now let's get into how to kill a werewolf if you ever encounter one. Okay. So werewolves aren't all that hard to kill. Vampires are kind of difficult to kill, you know? Like you have to get them at the stake or like a bowie knife in the heart. They're just very durable. It's like trying to kill a grizzly bear. Okay. One way to kill them is in the tradition where it's a magic pelt they're wearing. If you just steal their magic pelt, feel it, they'll just die when the nightfall comes. That's werewolf skin, right? Yeah, exactly what happened to werewolf skin. I'm surprised that's based on anything slightly real. I know. So if you steal their skin, they'll die. A silver bullet to the heart will kill them. Okay. But also just shooting it a bunch of times will also kill the werewolf. <laughs> So you can just have one silver bullet or... Or just like a full clip and just hit it. It sounds like it's going to take a lot of bullets, but you don't need to go out of your way to get a silver bullet or anything silver. You can just shoot it a bunch of times and it will die. If you get one silver bullet, you have to get it straight through the heart. You're probably not going to do that with a werewolf running at you. Oh yeah, definitely not. No, you're much better off getting... I don't know, getting a shotgun, just firing it a bunch of times, or I don't know, a rifle or pistol or something. I would say a single silver bullet's not the way to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, anything silver, they don't like silver. Pretty much anything silver just needs to get into their bloodstream for them to die. Also, blunt force trauma. This is my personal favorite way to kill a werewolf. You ready for this? Yeah. You can drop a piano on its head. Like in a cartoon. It's some like Roadrunner shit. Or you can run it over with a car. So, like, I'm not worried now because I have access to a motor vehicle. If the werewolf's coming at me, I can go to zero to 60 faster than I can get to me, and it'll be dead. It'll be one dead werewolf. I feel like if you hit a deer, you're endangering your life. If you run at a werewolf full speed, it could definitely just shatter your windshield and kill you. Well, that's why you drive through a deer so it goes over your windshield. You're not supposed to slow down when you hit the deer. But you said drive. Does the car have to go over the werewolf? Um, I mean, I think the impact is what kills you. I don't think it's like. Okay, okay, okay. That's a good question. But deer also are like four-legged and they're two-legged. So I feel like you might be able to hit them and they might slide into the car. That's true. I don't know. I've, I've never ran a human over. So I don't really have a reference point for how to kill Or a werewolf. Yeah. Okay, let's see where else we're at. This is the most effective way to do it. Are you ready for this? Yeah. We're going to at the stake. Henry Bogut, acclaimed 16th century witch trial judge, sentenced 30,000 werewolves to death by burning at the stake, and not a single one of them survived it. So the most surefire way to kill a werewolf is to burn them alive. All right. I mean, that seems like it would kill almost anything. Yeah, and these people objectively were not werewolves. They just burnt people at the stake. Yeah, that's... They probably just didn't like them for some reason. Well, it's like the witch trials yeah this guy was an acclaimed witch trial judge and he sentenced thirty thousand quote-unquote werewolves to their death by burning oh god that's bad one of them survived so did the trick guess it did the trick yes <laughs> this one is just kind of mean you ready for it if you manage to pour salt in its wounds it'll die why does that mean have you ever gotten salt on a cut yeah it's painful but not as painful as being burned alive yeah, but that'd really hurt if you have, like, a big cut. 
Let's say you chop off someone's hand, and you just dump a bunch of salt on it. Yeah, none of them are great, ladies. No, none of them are. Decapitate it like no shit. Okay, so this one is kind of arbitrary. You ready for it? You kill a werewolf by stabbing it three times in the head with a knife, or having it bleed three drops of blood. Bleed three drops of blood. Which seems like really easy to end its life then. So I feel like if you shoot three bullets into a werewolf, it's going to drop three drops of blood. Three does not seem like a lot, but maybe its coat is thick, so it doesn't really drip. I have no idea. And this is my favorite way to kill one. You ready for this? Just remove their belt. (laughs) Their belt? Yeah, you can remove their belt and they'll just die. Since when do they wear a belt? Well, some, some of them wear pelts. Some wear pelts, some wear belts. All right. You know in football when you snatch someone's chain? Mm-hmm. It's like that. Only you just snatch. You, if, if you pants a werewolf, it will die of humility. I guess that's not the most ridiculous thing I've heard you say tonight, so. <laughs> yeah. There are a few ways you can turn a werewolf back into a human. Oh, okay. If you throw an iron object over their head. So when I first read this, I misread it as you throw an iron object at their head. <laughs> that was really <laughs> So it just has to go over it? And then you can submerge them in fresh water. There's a water theme here. You ready for this? Yes. You can submerge them in fresh water. If they roll around in the wet dew of grass, they'll turn back into a human. This one is just super arbitrary. If they kneel for 100 years without moving or being disturbed, they'll be turned back into a human. They'll also be dead. Why would the werewolf kneel for 100 years without moving? Why would they choose to do that? Why wouldn't they just roll in the grass instead? I don't know. Like you, your choices are either roll in the grass or kneel for a hundred years. And no one can disturb you. If someone disturbs you to start the hundred years all over. A gust of wind comes by and you might get knocked over. What if a mosquito bites you? What if you have to go to the bathroom? I have no idea. And finally, if a werewolf watches itself or another werewolf on film, it will turn back into a human. Again, seems like a very easy way. So basically, what I have gathered from research here is if there's ever a werewolf on the loose, I'm going to get a big projector. I'm going to get a bunch of TVs with just footage of werewolves running 24-7 around my house. I'll make sure to like run the sprinkler. Uh, so the grass yep. is nice and wet. Yep. And get a nice I'll, place for them to kneel. Yeah, I'll have a nice place. I'll, I'll have a bunch of iron objects to toss over their heads. Yeah. Also get a gun. So if I just shoot them a bunch of times, this guy dropped three drops of blood. Honestly, I think we would stand a pretty good chance. I'm less concerned of a werewolf now than I think I ever have been. I agree. Like they seem kind of fragile. Yeah, they're kind of frauds. You heard it here first, guys. If a werewolf attacks, it's going to pants that motherfucker, and then, like, they're going to die. They're going to be D-E-D dead. D-E-E dead. D-E-E-D dead. Dead. <laughs> all right. That's all I have on werewolves. I mean, there's so much more, but, like... No, that was great. I was just scratching the surface. All right. So we are now talking about Hollow Earth. And I think you're going to really love this, Steve. I am intrigued for sure. So this is another one that might be a little bit all over the place. We'll figure it out. So just to give a general overview for anyone who doesn't know and didn't listen to our episode two weeks ago, basically the hollow earth theory 
it's almost like a reverse of flat earth. So the earth is in this theory has nothing inside of it or doesn't have like the layers inside of it that we think it does, but instead is hollow. And there are a few different theories about what exists there, other civilizations, etc. So starting with the very first person to kind of introduce the hollow earth theory. So I'm going to take you through the origins and then we'll kind of do a deep dive on what people believe. Sounds good. So the first person to introduce hollow earth theory was Edmund Haley, who is the guy who also named Haley's Comet. Really? Yes. That's cool. He's so, still famous. I know he's a little bit famous, but also, I guess, a little bit wrong. <laughs> So in 1692, Haley was going around and he was an astronomer and an explorer and he was having all of this weird shit happen with his compass and mm -hmm. it was spinning all in different directions and doing weird stuff. So he proposed that the earth was a series of circles inside of itself all surrounding around a core mm -hmm. and all of the shells, I guess, were spinning inside of the earth. So not really hollow earth, but that was kind of the first entrance of this theory. So that theory kind of persisted in some scientific circles for a long time. Fast forward way forward to 1819. There's this guy, John Cleves, Symes, <laughs> and he has this book circular number one and he just comes out straight out of the gates and is like guys the earth is hollow so it was like Haley's a multi-layered model but he had these points at the north and south pole where mm -hmm. there were these big caves that you could walk into and people could enter the hollow earth. Wasn't science so much fun where you could just make shit up without anyone being able to prove you wrong? Right? I would have had so much fun as a scientist in like 1800, even 1700. You could literally say whatever the hell you want. Be like, the inside of the earth is made of cheese. Prove me wrong. And no one really had any way to prove it. Yeah, prove, prove me wrong. It's like, what are you gonna do? Dig to the center of the earth? You can't do that. We can't even do that now. Exactly. And no one's going to like go to the South Pole to check you. I'm like, hey, I was there. I saw dinosaurs. Don't so, at me, bro. So these entrances became known as Symes Holes, which sounds kind of weird now that I'm saying it out loud. Holes. <laughs> going into Symes Holes. And Symes went on this expedition to the North Pole to kind of get into one of these caves. And he proposed that it would be quote, stocked with thrifty vegetables and animals, if not men. He really thought that there were like creatures living in inside the hollow earth. I am telling you, I would have had so much fun being a scientist back then. I'd be like, yeah. And then um, all the animals have like 10 heads, like three sets of arms. I would have just made shit up and like, okay, you go to the like, South Pole. I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist. You go to the North Pole. You look for the cave and you tell me that I didn't see this stuff. Yeah. I like back then, there's no way to check that. There's no like 
tracking. I could just go hide in like the woods somewhere for like three months and lie and pretend I was on an expedition to the hollow earth. I keep wanting to say flat earth, but it's not flat earth. Well, it gets even better, Steve. All right, I'm excited. Because he had enough followers that, so you know how if you get enough people to sign a petition, Congress has to vote on it? Yeah, there was something they did with that with when Obama was in power with like the Death Star in Star Wars and then they actually had to like address something about it. I remember you sent me one of those things and I was stoned and I got really mad at you. Do you remember that? Was it the one that I made? It was something about a fish. Yeah, I made that. I got some traction over in other countries for some reason. I, I made some shit up. This petition and was like, you have to sign this and then Obama's going to have to look at it. And for some reason, I was just in a mood and I was like, Steve, Obama does not have time to waste on this. It wasn't even Obama. It was like Kanye West. And like, it was like, who do you want this to send you? I sent a bunch of random politicians and Kanye West. Yeah, it it was not a big deal. And also it was not going to get there. But it was something about like to kill off like all the fish because it's not safe for like all the poor fish. Like, oh no, it, what it was is it was like something about like fish getting tetanus from uh from fishing hooks that was it it was just some shit i made up that's not even real and then like i got a lot of signatures people assign anything these days yeah that was back in what 2012 no that's right that was like around like 2015 that was yeah had to be 2012 so this is in 1822 they get enough Mm -hmm. signatures to get congress to vote on funding for his expedition but Unfortunately, it was shot down and Simes died in 1849, never having explored. Does does Congress still work like that? Like if we get enough petitions, can they fund research for something that we want to do? Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Let's let's circle back to this. Let's find like a cryptid in Hawaii or something. And then we'll go somewhere cool. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this. We were talking about like last week. We got to look at the GoFundMe thing. We got to find cryptids that are local to places. And we got to plan our vacations around other people paying us to go hunt for cryptids. Yeah, like the guys who went on the Moogly Mambe expedition yeah. spent $30,000 yeah. in one month. There has to be... Is there like a ghost or a cryptid that haunt? There's a ghost. Have we heard about that ghost of Jimmy Buffett that haunts every single Margaritaville? Looks like the U.S. government's got to pay for us to go to every Margaritaville. I mean, someone has to do it. Someone has to investigate. And it might as well be us. Yeah, it will definitely be us. I got two research grants proposed for you. You ready? The first is we find the Jersey Devil. And the second is this Margaritaville idea. We can just combine the two. I like it. Yep. Get a GoFundMe page going. Yep. GoFundMe. I want to drink alcohol at every single Margaritaville. Please make this happen. I really think it could be a reality show. I think so too. I I, I think we have ideas. We're going to be on TV one day. We will. Yep. Confident. That's a guarantee. All right, let's get back on track. So Symes dies in 1849, never having discovered the hollow earth. But that doesn't mean the dream died with him. No, it didn't. <laughs> so then there's this guy... Rodney M. Clough. Rodney. Rodney. In 2014, he wrote a book, which you can buy on Amazon. It's called World Top Secret, Our Earth 
is hollow. I love it. And I'm going to read you the description. I'm in. This is the volume I've been waiting for. At last, here stands revealed the secrets that the beautiful land beyond the poles discovered by United States Admiral Richon Evelyn Byrd. Wait, the celestial Dennis. <laughs> Start over. No the worries. Celestial destiny of our hollow Earth. The scientific evidence, including the auras. This doesn't. Guys, I'm reading this word for word and it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, like I'm hearing words. I'm not really processing any this of it. This is like so strange. I thought I was having trouble focusing or something, but no, okay. You've confirmed that I can't. I thought I was having trouble reading, but I'm actually just reading this. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna read this to you, okay? The contents page of World Top Secret, Our Earth is Hollow, reads like an advertisement of lost and found. The Garden of Eden, found. The land of the lost ten tribes, found. The origin of flying saucers, found. The throne of David, found. Paradise, found. The celestial destiny of our hollow earth, the scientific evidence, including the auras, Van Allen radiation belts, and earthquakes prove our earth is hollow plus five more revealing chapters which prove and establish with evidence upon evidence that our earth is indeed like random words are just capitalized also are you have to yell those. what you have to yell when the words capitalized our word is indeed hollow and inhabited by a race of super giants they consider themselves the guardians of planet earth for the creator and have been actively working to prevent us from blowing up the planet with nuclear weapons they haven't been doing too well at that and what this is just keeps getting weirder and weirder so what the hell are these people doing because humans like came on the scene twenty five thousand years ago or fifty thousand years ago what the hell have they been doing the past forty nine thousand years well they've just been chilling in hollow earth they've just been doing their own thing did this guy just watch like the most recent King Kong versus Godzilla King Kong movies where King Kong goes to the hollow earth and fights monsters? Probably. I think he's just, when did this book come out? 2014. Oh, give me a second. Let me see when did Peter Jackson's King Kong's come out. Yeah. So Peter Jackson's King Kong came out in 2005. So. He had is, uh, a few is, years to marinate on it. Nine years. I really think that, yeah, I'm, I'm very confident this person is basing this entirely off of King Kong. This, I don't know if it's the plot of the first one, but this definitely happened in one of the King Kong movies. When I was looking it up, saw a lot of King Kong stuff. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know. There must be elements of it. I didn't see... I, I'm not, like, big into those movies myself. I watched the original Godzilla, actually, during COVID. It was pretty good. I've never seen it. If you have HBO Max, it's a decent watch. So, I'm going to tell you basically what's in this book, because All that right. was too confusing. So, people... Through like the 1950s, still believe in the Symes holes. And there's this guy, Admiral Richard Byrd, who claimed to be the first person to fly over the North and South Pole. And according to believers, Byrd's secret journal from 1947 included a report of flying into one of the holes and making contact with a race that lives inside of the Earth, but it has been covered up by the government. Of course. Of course, yes. No sane person would fly an airplane through a hole underground. 
it truly does not make any sense. Here's what's down there in the hollow earth. The hollow earth is a lush tropical paradise and it differs by who you're talking to, but it can either be humans or aliens or giants. I don't understand the alien angle. I understand what I was last time, but how can they be alien if they're living inside of earth? I, I really don't know. They can't be. They're from Earth. They're from the inside of the Earth, though. I think the idea is that they came down a long time ago, and they've just been living inside of the Earth since Why? then. All the natural resources are on top of the Earth. Ha you don't know what's down there. It's a lush tropical garden, That's apparently. But how does things grow without sunlight? Oh, just you wait. Okay, I'm excited. It has its own sun inside the Earth. And there's a daytime and a nighttime, and it apparently is the perfect temperature. What's the perfect temperature? It just is. It just, the perfect temperature is the perfect temperature. So <laughs> it's like 75 degrees during the day, like 72 at night? He didn't say. I mean, like, that's really easy to test. He just shows how a thermometer with him. Well, here's a quote from the book. It has a perfect temperature. God made the inner sun so that it provides heat during the night and a little bit less at night. Trees grow up to a thousand feet tall. Humans grow up to 15 feet tall. Because of the ideal conditions, animal life grows really large also. Okay, sure. And, like the fact that the trees are a thousand feet tall, how are we assuming that this fits anywhere? I have no idea. Also, what about all the animals that eat like leaves and stuff? Are they a thousand feet tall too? Like, are the giraffes there a thousand feet tall? And I don't understand where the sun goes. That's a good point. Wouldn't it just be daytime all the time? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know the answers to these questions, but there are major flaws. There are definitely major flaws. And like, what's the airflow like in a cave? It's probably not good. Probably not good. And included also in this book, apparently, are detailed instructions on how to get to the hollow earth and the, quote, real reasons why hollow earth has been kept hidden from the world and why we must know about them. And so it's just like this huge conspiracy about what the government is covering up, etc. All right. So this is giving me an idea of how we can grow this thing real fast. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So if QAnon can capture the boomers and conspiracies have people, how can we make Mysteries and Mysteries a cult? <laughs> Call in our number and tell us how we can turn this into a cult. No one will die though. I don't want to kill anyone. We just want a cult following. 914-627-8582. <laughs> Send us your ideas. Call in and tell us your ideas for how we can turn this into a cult following. I would love to be in a cult. No, you want to run a cult. You don't want to be in a cult. Being in a cult is like the stupidest thing you can do. No, I think I would have fun in a cult. Or just like one of those little communities. Everybody lives together. Everybody's happy. Yeah, but they're only happy until the big boss takes over, you know, and tells everyone they got to start killing themselves. Yeah, but it would be really fun for a while. You want to be running uh, the cult. That way you, you're- But I don't want to be like manipulating people. Whoa, you're, you're assuming that you're in it. So 
That was on you. You said manipulating people. You're going to be a bad person then, I see. I said I don't want to do that. I mean, you just assumed that our cult was going to manipulate people. All right. Well, we're going to have a nice, healthy cult. Yeah. Agreed. Just send us your ideas on how we can make this more of a cult. Yes. Okay. There's just one last thing I have on this. Sounds good. Oh, hey. This is actually interesting. So... There's a weird offshoot of Hollow Earth Theory, and the guy who's a big proponent of it, his name is Cyrus Teed, was a cult leader. Oh. How random is that? Wow. I mean, I guess it makes sense, though. If he's, I feel like people who believe in the Hollow Earth Theory are also susceptible to being in cults or starting yeah, cults. that's true. But, I mean, that's pretty wild. That was good timing. <laughs> so, it's this thing called Cellular Cosmology. So basically, our universe is just... Is this the theory that we're just like cells inside of a a body? No. Oh. It's like we are the inside of another hollow earth. Oh. And then our hollow earth has its own little thing. And it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I think I know what I'm talking about next week now. Or you should do that or the thing... the theory that we're just like on a turtle's back or something i am interested in that one the idea that we're just cells in a larger organism the same way that we have like white blood cells and bacteria that make us up that's freaky all right back on track sorry about that i just no that's really all i got on hollow earth all right well i mean this might be a little bit of a shorter episode but our interview episodes are tending to be longer so that's fine thus the tail tracks yeah so all right well that was a good episode it was a little shorter but we're gonna start doing that now our longer episodes are gonna be interviews and our shorter ones are gonna be with just us as always make sure to subscribe to misfits and mysteries on whatever podcast platform you're listening on so you never miss an episode it also helps us out even if you hate us yeah even if you hate us like don't be a dick like just (laughs) subscribe and it's all we're all friends here okay so there's that Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser. And then where can people find us, Emmy? Okay, so you can check out our website on misfitsandmysteries.com. That's where you can find our blogs, all of our episodes, our fan art page, everything. And then you can also find us on social, on Twitter and Instagram at podcast underscore misfits. Also check us out on YouTube. Just type in Misfits and Mysteries. So thanks for listening. As always, stay spooky. Stay spooky, guys. Bye. Bye.